night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, we've got a great one lined up for you. Lauren Walker, who is an author and creator of uh, Energy Medicine Yoga, will be joining us to talk about energy medicine yoga, how it can affect all parts of our life in a positive way. Um, she has a, a book out. It's called The Energy Medicine Yoga Prescription, and it is written to help you understand not just the benefits, but how uh, this particular technique can actually help you cure some ailments or at least help with them. So we've got a great conversation ahead with Lauren. Again, Lauren Walker will be with us in just a moment. She's the author of a book and a uh, technique called Energy Medicine Yoga. The book is called The Energy Medicine Yoga Prescription. That's all ahead right here on Beyond Reality Radio. Don't go away. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thanks for being with me tonight. We've got a great one lined up for you. Lauren Walker will be joining us in just a second. She's the author of a book called The Energy Medicine in yoga prescription she's uh, also uh, a, a yoga instructor uh, creator of the system and uh, it's going to be a fantastic discussion i'll remind you that our phone lines will be open uh, at the end of the pro or at the beginning of the second hour at uh, 844-687-7669 um, let's go and bring our guest in lauren welcome to beyond reality radio it's a real pleasure to have you on tonight hi it's a pleasure to be here so um, this is kind of a shorter segment, so I'm going to get to learn a little bit more about you. Uh, you grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts, is that right? That is correct, yeah. Nobody in any interview has ever talked to me about that. That's quite funny. Yep, Worcester, Mass. Well, one of the reasons it, it caught my attention is I do, and I, you may have heard it in the beginning of the program, I do a, uh, a horror fan convention. I did it in Springfield um, for the first couple of years, and I moved it to Framingham. So I've kind of sandwiched Worcester, and Worcester has one of its own called Rock and Shock every year that I've been to a number of times. So I'm pretty familiar with Worcester. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming you haven't lived there in a while. I have not lived there in a while. No, not since I went uh, off to New York City to university a bunch of years ago. So yeah, it's been a long time, but I do go back every once in a while um, and uh, see see some friends that are still living there and. Uh, visit some relatives that are no longer living but are still <laughs> planted in Worcester. So, yeah, I do get back there, see my old house. Yeah, I I, uh, I travel through that area quite a bit, uh, honestly, I'm, and I spend a lot of time in Framingham, so I know it. Now, you went to college uh, in New York City, and then uh, after you graduated college, it seems like you uh, kind of got the travel bug. You did a lot of traveling. I did. I, I was just recounting the other day. It's, I'm at 32 or 33 countries, and most oh, wow. of them were in that time. Um uh, and, and a lot of traveling just in this country after I graduated college. I don't know how many states I've been in. I haven't counted those, but um, I did a, a quite a big cross-country tour around and up and across and back. I've actually driven cross-country several times and seen a ton of Canada, so I've definitely spent a lot of travel time on this landmass as well. And, um, and yeah, traveled all over the world, lived in... Um, Central and South America for a little while, and um, New Zealand, and gotten to visit a lot of beautiful, beautiful places on this planet. When you were traveling, was it a travel, was it an adventure of sightseeing, or were you looking for something? Was it something spiritual about it? You know, that's a great question. Um, I probably started, you know, the year after I graduated college, so I was, had been traveling quite a bit around this country. Um, my father died, and I've always, and it, very suddenly, and he was very young. He was 49 years old, and oh, I was geez. only 23. Hmm. And um, I always have sort of credited that moment with throwing me, <laughs> unwillingly, but throwing me on the spiritual path, because I was so devastated by that sudden death. And that also precipitated, um, you know, years of pretty constant travel, uh, most of it international, and so I would definitely say, I, you know, I was seeking, I was doing a lot of spiritual retreats as well, and I was definitely 
you know, looking for something, looking to heal um, just my own grief um, at how just difficult and unexpected this world can be. And I think that really was a huge part of it. I'm not sure how the travel connects to what we're going to be talking about when we get into the yoga. Um, you, you may want to make that connection, but I don't want to get into the yoga yet. Uh, but the bigger question here is, do you feel as though those experiences while you were traveling and the things you were seeing and the things you were ex- uh, encountering, do you, did that change you? Did that, did that set you down this path? Oh, absolutely. Massively so. Um, you know, just seeing how different people live in the world. And I was doing immersive travel. I wasn't, you know, I travel now and I, you know, go to a hotel and I teach at a conference and I take an Uber. And But this was not that kind of travel. This was, you know, everything on my back, a pack and, you know, third world countries and buses and hostels and camping and um, and just really living in a place. And, you know, and this isn't anything new. I mean, people have said this forever. It's just so interesting to me how you go to these um, these impoverished, financially, I, I would say, third world countries, so to speak, and um, and people are just so much happier and more generous and more um, heart centered, and uh, and more connected to themselves, to the earth, to each other. The sense of community is so much stronger, and just really overall joy at being alive and you know there's been studies showing how much depression is growing in the western world you know we're kind of drenched in opportunity and uh and uh, advantages and yet um we're some of the unhappiest people in the world and so i think a lot of that ex- those experiences um really informed my my view of the world and how you can step out of your environment and see something different and adjust your sales. And I think that was important. You, um, at one point, uh, turned down an opportunity to further your uh, career as an author. Put Actually, didn't, didn't turn up. Put it on hold, and you ultimately came back to write. Um, did you set out when you went to college to become an author? You know, I didn't, actually. My, originally, my plan was to be an actress. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, and that's... That's why New York City um, and NYU, I was uh, a student at Tisch School of the Arts, which is a very famous, well-known theater school. Um, and I, you know, I had some experiences there. I, I had my Me Too moment um, in college that really, I would say, sort of disrupted my whole desire to be um, in front of the camera in that way, of course, I am in front of it now, but as a yoga teacher, it's much different than if I had been an actor and had spent my life in that world. Um, and so after that moment, I was like, you know, I kind of want to be behind the scenes. I don't want to see anyone. I mean, it was it was quite, you know, an unpleasant experience, and it really it changed my trajectory. And I'd always been a writer as well, and I'd always thought, well, I'll write my own, you know, work to act in or something. But um, writing had always been there, and I just turned to that more as a chronicler. And yeah, I was offered a full fellowship um, in um, publishing, and I just could not bear one more moment in New York City, <laughs> so I uh, <laughs> I left. Well, I, I see there's a real um, um, difference between uh, living in New York and where you ended up uh, on many occasions, Montana, of all places, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is absolutely beautiful country. I've, I've traveled through Montana on several occasions. Yeah. Lauren, I need to ask you, and this may seem like a very, very hmm, uh, basic question, but I think it's important to ask it and get the definition. Tell us exactly what yoga is. You know, that's actually a great question because it's so misunderstood um, in today's sort of commercialized yoga world. Um, but yoga essentially means union, to bring two things together. And in the traditional yoga practice from India, which is what we're basing everything off of, um, it's n- not just the physical body, but it's using the physical body through series of poses and breath work and meditation and certain precepts that you follow that bring you towards cohesion with yourself. Really, it's union with yourself, but overall it's a feeling of health and well-being and satisfaction in your life as it is, um, as well as then 
becoming your best self, going towards what you want to achieve in your life. Um, so it's a system of, of um, healing body, mind, and spirit, essentially. And at what point in your journey did this come to your attention and become something that you wanted to spend your life doing? It was back to New York City, so I actually ended up back in New York after um, uh, several years when I had lived in Montana and traveled all over the world, and I was back there working on a novel and living in a, um, a crazy little cabin in the back of an apartment in the East Village, and my roommate came in one day and gave me a flyer for a yoga studio, because um, if you're not a runner, you know, exercising in the city is difficult, and... Um, so I thought yoga was boring for old people, but I didn't have really anything else to do. So I went into this class, and it blew my mind. It was the most physically challenging thing I had ever done, and at the same time I felt completely at home in my body in a way that I never had before. And I just started um, studying with the teachers at the studio and um, kind of dove in from there, took a teacher training soon after that, started teaching in New York right after that, and then moved back to Montana and started teaching, opened a yoga studio, studying, teaching, studying, teaching. And uh, that's basically what I've been doing ever since. Now, I'm one of those people, and I think, I, I don't know if you just used it because I didn't hear it, but I saw on your website the f- term or phrase snore bore. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know, you had, a, had an impression that yoga was kind of boring and that it, you know, wasn't very active or whatever, whatever that means. But I kind of, when I read that, I thought, you know, that's kind of what I think, too. I've never tried yoga. Um, so if, what do you say to somebody like me, uh, that would maybe, maybe convince me to try it? You know, what I would say, and because of what I teach now, which is so markedly different from what I used to teach and from what a lot of people are, are studying out there, what I would say to you now is, um, how do you feel? Do you feel great? Do you wake up in the morning with a lot of energy when you get sick? Do you heal easily? Do you feel vigorous? in your life and excited about what's coming up? Do you have enough energy throughout your day? Um, Are you basically happy? You have good relationships and easeful um, communication with people and feel engaged in your world. And if you said yes, 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 yes to all of that, and you had a physical activity that you were doing that was keeping you healthy, I would say, well, maybe you don't need yoga. If you said no to any one of those things, I would say I could absolutely show you some things that would really help you um, to have more energy, to have more immune system response, to be more flexible in your mind and in your body, but especially in your mind, because, of course, that's where we need the most flexibility. So it really is for anybody, um, and you can make it as dynamic and physically challenging as you want, and a lot of people really like that style of yoga that's um, really physically um, active, and you can do, you know, I've taught classes to people in wheelchairs or even in hospital beds that can't move but are still seeking healing and peace and um, and transformation in their lives. So it's really for anybody. If you are breathing, come do some yoga. <laughs> when um, I've I've ha- have several friends that that sing the praises of yoga and how much better they feel. And when you were ticking off the list of things, I, you know, there were several along that list that I thought, oh yeah, I. I don't, I don't feel so great when I get up in the morning or I, you know, whatever. There were a bunch of them that really struck me as things that um, would be things I'd like to improve personally. Um, but I saw something else in your list of, of ideas here, and it said that, you know, a lot of people think maybe they're either too old or maybe overweight or, you know, they're just not in a physical place that this either they will get the benefit from this or that they could even do it. And that's not true, is it? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, some people that are, you know, if you really are out of shape right now or you feel like you're carrying a few extra pounds, which may or may not be true, by the way, um, a lot of, you know, how we view ourselves is not actually what's the most healthy for us. But if you really are sort of feeling, you know, rough and not super flexible, which that's everybody's excuse for not doing yoga, but it's like the, long, the, the further you have to go to your optimal health, you're going to see more benefits right away than if somebody is, you know, you know, Michaela Schifrin comes to my yoga class. She's already, you know, working at a super high level of mind-body connection and, and fitness, and she may have fewer um, immediate responses or results from the work that we do. So 
you know, I think if you're, if you're struggling a little bit more, you're actually going to see results quicker. And that's in every area, not just physically, but, you know, emotionally as well. If you're not used to working with your emotions, which cause stress, which cause disease patterns in the body, um, and you start all of a sudden paying attention and doing some of these practices to process your emotions, you're going to notice things you know, really quickly. I started teaching this and creating this work, uh, teaching at a military university. Like, that's the last place you think people are going to be excited to do yoga. And the the experiences that these students had and the transformations that they had with this work is really what propelled it to the book, you know, releases and all of that because their results were phenomenal. Do you... um emphasize the mind-body connection when you are engaged in yoga or when you're teaching it? I mean, how important is that in this whole process? Oh, it's everything. It's so important. You know, the, the most important piece of your health, it's hard to say which one is more important. There's, I would say the two most important pieces of your health. One is your energy your underlying energy systems of the body. So we are actually made up of energy. We think we're, you know, a concrete physical form here, but really underlying that you are just energy vibrating at different frequencies. And you've got nine energy systems that are all interwoven and interconnected that make up the energetic latticework of your being, of your ness, so to speak. And from that, your physical body then manifests. And so if you can work with your energy uh, a lot of times things that may come into form don't come into form or things heal and resolve easier because you're working with something that's more easy to manipulate than the physical clay, so to speak, of your body. So that would be number one. But number two is your thoughts and beliefs. And, um, you know, we do a lot of uh, work tr- understanding the placebo and nocebo effect and the interrelation between the mind and body, the power of visualization um, you can create muscle mass with your body just by visualizing. So the power of your mind is incredibly important, understanding your conscious and subconscious minds and how those operate. And so bringing that into unity, into yoga your, uh, itself, your mind and body, that is the goal of the yoga practice and stopping this kind of internal division. What's the history of this? How long have people been practicing yoga? Yoga is 5,000 years old. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's old, and, and uh, Ayurveda, which is kind of the medicinal arm of yoga, also 5,000 years old, uh, Chinese medicine, 5,000 years old, So the and, and those practices kind of developed interwoven together in a lot of ways, influenced each other, and so, yeah, this stuff has been around for a long time, and some of the practices that we do in energy medicine yoga even predate that. There's some uh, movements that we teach that uh, were actually found in the hieroglyphs from the pyramids. And so ancient, ancient um, ways of moving the body and accessing energy in the body that um, from the dawn of, of humanity has been passed on to us and is really our birthright for how to heal ourselves and feel good. It's all built in. We just never got the... The manual, so I'm trying to write a <laughs> manual to help us. <laughs> yeah, we don't come with the user manual. That would be really That's helpful right. at some point, right? <laughs> Lauren, in your journey, as you got to this point, um, there was a period where you, I don't know if you walked away from yoga or you were forced to walk away from it, but you had a little bit of a tragedy in there, uh, in your not to you personally, but in your circle of folks. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened and how it changed you. Mm. Yeah, so I, I actually left uh, Montana and uh, moved up to Canada and uh, left the yoga world. I had a yoga studio here and through, I call it my lemony snicket year because it sort of was one thing after another just went awry. Um, so I ended up losing that studio and I felt the need to move away. I just was so devastated by it. Um, and I moved up to Canada and I met a yoga teacher there who was amazing, and I felt so grateful to find someone to study with and um, and train with. Because you know, at, at some point you start to, if you've studied with a lot of the masters as I had, it's hard to find a teacher that can keep bringing you further along the path. And she was an incredibly wonderful teacher, Mary Jo Fetterly, her name is, and um, and so that first winter in this town up in Canada. Very early in the winter, she had a ski accident 
and uh, broke C7, I believe, or C3, 4, actually, um, and became a, a quadriplegic overnight, instantly. And uh, it was such a shock to this small community. And, of course, I had just moved up there a few months prior to that and had just known her very recently. But it was just an incredible shock. She was very a beautiful um, yogi, had an incredibly strong physical practice, sort of one of those acrobatic practices where she could just do anything with her body. And she was a, you know active outdoors woman, skier, hiker, biker, all of that. And it was just shut down. And it was really tragic. And uh, it, it just kind of, it was one more piece on this spiral of, of um, just kind of losing a lot of things. And so that also contributed to my really just pulling back from the yoga world. And it was around that same time that I met Donna and her work and um, kind of went down that other path. Do people play... Um in, in, in the practice of yoga and, and throughout your experience, and you're an instructor as well, how important is it to have a mentor or somebody who you work with on a rather, rather consistent basis? Uh, is, are the people that important, or is it just the practice itself that's important? Well, that's a great question. I would have to say one of the themes of the book is both and, and I might have to answer both and to that because there's sort of two pieces to it. The, the physical practice, when you get on the mat and you do your asana practice, and your, which is the physical postures, uh, you know, moving your body through these poses, um, and you do your breathing practice, and you do your meditation. Um, so you, you do that on the mat. And, you know, I think going to classes is great, and having a great teacher is fabulous, but really, ultimately, the goal is you alone on your mat every day. That's where you really learn the depth of the practice and the transformation in your own mind, body, and your own life is, is really cultivating your own personal practice. The flip of that is we really need, um, we need community just as human beings, but also on the spiritual path. It's really, it's a shocking path. It's not, you know, puppies and flowers. It's not really light and fluffy. It's kind of looking at everything really deeply and, and ultimately getting to the point where you're not devastated by even the devastating events that happen in your life. And I think it's crucial to have a guide, um, a mentor, as you said. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a guru teacher kind of person, which is, you know, more and more difficult to find a true guru in that sense. Um, we can have that conversation if you want to, but but to have somebody that you can uh, debrief with that can that can check you, not just a friend that can say like, "Oh, I'm really sorry that happened," or like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" But somebody that can really that that has more wisdom than you, more experience that can really guide you and show you um, different things that you might not be seeing, whether you take those on or not. Just having that person um, or people in your life. Uh, I think it's really important, especially in this kind of crazy world we're living in today where more and more people feel isolated and alone. I think it's important to have someone that, that's, got, that's got your back that you can trust. Isn't it amazing how more connected we are via technology, how, more, how lonelier we become? It is. It's, it's, actually, it's mind-boggling. And, you know, the truth is, we do. We spend so much time on our machines, and you know, I live in a, a really small town, and a town where machines. You know, we don't spend as much time on these devices as your average bear. Um, and I just notice when I have days on end that I'm not on any media, it's like it, it feels. It's such a strange disconnect to go back and forth. You know, from being with actual humans doing engaged in activities, and then to this other world where it's vaster on one sense, but so much more limited on another sense. Um, it's really a crazy world we live in today. We have about a minute here before we have to go to our next break. I want you to take that minute and um, kind of walk us through your website. You've got a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, so it's emyoga.net, and um, we're revamping it right now, so within a couple of weeks it'll be uploaded and fresh. And, um, but it's got everything, all of my schedule, where I teach, my trainings, um, ways that you can start doing these practices online. There's some online courses that are just beautiful, easy to follow, 
um, build your practice for yourself, where the books are, tons of interviews and reviews and everything. So any anything that you want to know about EM Yoga, it's uh, emyoga.net, and, and you can reach out to me and send me an email from there as well. Tonight we're talking with Lauren Walker. Um, about uh, energy medicine yoga and uh you know we've been trying to establish exactly what yoga is for people like me that have never done it lauren uh, uh, again thanks for being here um what's the spiritual component of of yoga where does spirituality come into this whole thing i think mostly where it comes in is in the sort of um release and um kind of releasing of expectations and 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 having faith in forces that are bigger than yourself uh how how those operate and work in our lives and i mean we really are spiritual beings and meaning we're infused with with espiritus with spirit with life with this um this light and the more that we practice energy medicine yoga and kind of clean the mirror, so to speak, clean the mud off the lens, the more we see our own reality and our own nature, which is divine. Each of us carries a divine spark within us. And that's sort of part of the, the, the goal and the path and the process is uncovering that, that inner divinity, which is coupled with an inner wisdom and compassion and grace and is really can be an integral part of healing but certainly an integral part of of uh, living living your best life living your most um, engaged and um and, and joyful time here uh with that connection and understanding that that you really are divine and that everybody else is too let's uh, differentiate between what we would consider to be normal if there is such a thing yoga and energy medicine yoga what is what are the distinctions between these two different um ideas so yoga itself is an energetic practice but it's really less and less of that energy has been taught in in the more modern yoga which is a lot of modern yoga that you see today is just very physical um acrobatic or kind of aerobic um, and not really uh, in touch with the deeper aspects of it, which, in, in my opinion, is really more about healing and, um, and grounding and centering uh, the physical body as well as the emotional body. And so the practices that we do in EM yoga that are different, uh, quite a lot of it, let me back up and say, quite a lot of it looks the same. You'll do similar poses. Um, you'll do similar flows, uh, you know, pose to pose to pose in the body. But there will be slight variations. So um, we're working with the nine energy systems of the body, and we'll do different things to get in touch with those systems within the context of the yoga practice. So that might be tapping or holding different points on the body or massaging different places on the body. Um, you know, the energy of the body is is very tactile. It's not esoteric at all. It's not this kind of conceptual idea that you've got to, you know, how do you get to this the energy of your being. It's actually quite quite tactile and quite uh, available and you get your hands like right into the energy and you start to feel it in the physical body in the space around the physical body so we work with those um those techniques within the context of a yoga practice and what i've found is they sort of both feed each other so the energy <laughs> outcomes of the yoga practice well, there you so are. those increase hugely and then the yoga feeds the outcomes of the energy work and that increases hugely so it's really this dynamic system. Um, you know, one of the things I, I see noted in uh, some of the things you talk about here, you're talking about our organs crying out for help from all the toxins and pollution in our body. You know, we hear we hear about this from every aspect, from nutritional aspects, from, you know, from our doctors. Uh, we, we hear about this stuff all the time. Uh, how do we remove them, and where does uh, EM yoga play a part in all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a few ways that we can address the, the toxicity of the body. One is on a very physical level, working with the lymph system, which is the detoxifier of the body, and the lymph doesn't have its own pump, and so you've got to actually work with the lymph more directly. And so there are all these points on the core of the body and some on the legs um, that are actually trigger points. 
so you massage really deeply these points and you trigger uh, the dump of lymph from specific organs uh, into the venous blood supply out of the body, so detoxing the body, really cleansing. Um, and that's one of the, the most powerful practices that we do. Um, and another thing that we do to work with the toxicity of the organs is actually working with the emotional component, the emotional energy. Um, you know, emotional energy has a, a signature, uh, a, a resonance, a vibration, and if it isn't allowed to leave the body, in other words, you play the note of whatever your emotion is and the note recedes off and gets quiet and goes away, so that's like the energy dissipates. But if you don't allow that note to play, which a lot of us don't by stopping our natural emotions, that actually densifies and becomes physical matter and stops the flow of neuropeptides in the body, causes all kinds of problems um, and all kinds of disease patterns in the body. And there's so much research now showing the direct correlation between emotional um, experiences, emotional stress, and physical disease patterns. And so uh, one of the beautiful, really easy practices that we do as well is is working with this emotional energy through a series of poses and sounds that release these toxic, is, is a bit of a heavy word, but unprocessed emotions from the organs, from the tissues where they reside in the body. If somebody is ill, let's say somebody actually has uh, an illness that's been diagnosed, and, I, and I'm sure this varies depending on the illness, but is this a technique that can help either heal or mitigate uh, some of these real legitimate illnesses in the body? Anything. Wow. Everything. Because every disease pattern that shows up, whether it shows up full-blown or it shows up in the earlier stages, it already has an underlying energetic component of of out of balance ness in the body, right? So, if you if you work with balancing your energies, then you can stop those diseases from happening. If you already have a disease, the first thing that you need to do is get the underlying energy to resolve to come back into harmony. Um, I mean, the the incredible thing about our bodies is they want to heal. And, um, and, you know, I'm a huge fan of miracle stories. And, I mean, you know, your, your whole show is predicated on paranormal events, and a lot of people consider miraculous healings to be paranormal events, meaning outside of the norm. But the truth of the matter is your body is designed for miracles. And that's one of the reasons I was drawn to Donna, my teacher, Donna Eden, and her work, she healed herself from MS when the doctors had completely given up on her. And, you know, miracles happen all the time and to anybody. It's not, you don't have to be special or have studied to, you know, to, to receive a miracle, to receive the grace of healing. And so I really do think no matter where you are on your journey of healing, uh, that this work is is crucial and is key to to, to part of your um, going forward with whatever, you know, not every disease pattern is reversible, um, but but to come into healing and in what, whatever capacity that is, whether it's reversal or acceptance, um, you know, of whatever's going on for you. But absolutely, healing is available to everyone. What about emotional healing? What if somebody is struggling with an emotional issue? Um, maybe it's a bad relationship or a divorce or something along those lines that, you know, those are the things that tend to really tear us apart. Um, is this a technique that can help with that? Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, that's what this whole book is predicated on, this five element theory from Chinese medicine because it encompasses everything and it gives us a tool to access our emotional body and our emotions and uh, and work with them within the context of the physical body as well. And, you know, that's one of the pieces that's really blown me away is how many um, people have shared their stories of emotional healing, whether it's through grief, um, trauma, uh, different sufferings that they've gone through. I've had several people come up to me and say that this was the missing link for them for their healing, and three that jump to mind are, are, are people that are uh, all mothers, actually, that have lost, that had lost children, and um, were really unable to move forward, and after they took uh, a training with me that wasn't even designed specifically for emotional healing, it's just part of the package, 
and they all said that was the that was the piece that that got them towards you know towards moving on moving forward and uh, and and healing so absolutely that's so powerful for emotional work our guest tonight lauren walker we're talking about her book the energy medicine yoga prescription um you use the word prescription in the title obviously this is far from that because i think we're probably an over medicated society we turn to prescriptions from doctors for almost everything and i'm hearing things in what you're telling me that this may be a solution that's a non-pharmaceutical one for a lot of things Absolutely, absolutely. This is a prescription for your life, and so it includes, um, you know, it's really specific to you as well, and that's what the book guides you through is to discovering where your imbalances lie and then what you need to do to bring them back into balance. That's the holy grail of health is balance and uh, actually time in nature and balance. Those two things are, are, are what's meant to bring us into, into our healthiest selves. And so it's, um, it runs the gamut of, of what you might need for your specific issue, whether it's a physical or emotional or spiritual uh, issue or psychological issue that you're dealing with, um, how you'll attend to it, finding out the area, uh, one of five areas. So it's kind of very simple. There's only one of five areas that you might be out of balance in. And then doing whatever those physical practices are, um, breathing practices, might be some journaling um, some gratitude practices. Uh, there's all kinds of, of things. Being in nature, that's a huge one. There's a whole section on diet and nutrition. And so, you know, there's so many aspects that um, make us either healthy or unhealthy. Um, and so depending on where you are on that spectrum is kind of what you'll, what you'll do and uh, the practices that you'll find that will help make your life um, more useful and, and happier and better than it is right now. Sorry to do this to you. We've got another break coming up in about 30 seconds, but I wanted to ask about longevity. Is there any research or science that uh, offers any insight into if this can actually help your lifespan, increase your lifespan? Wow, that's a great question. I'm going to have to start doing some research on that, the scientific. I've got tons of anecdotal. I mean, one of my uh, uh, student teachers right now is 80, starting in the next phase of her life. Dawn is 75 and has never felt better, looked more vibrant. Mm. Um, but actual, um, you know, peer review, that kind of stuff, that, I'll just put that right on my list and do some <laughs> research on that. Lauren, would you say this book is a how-to guide in some sense? Um, I do think so, yeah. It's a, it's a how to understand what your energy is and how to work with it in the body. And it's a really simple, you know, it, it's, it, has, it, it covers a lot, breath, um, but... It's also very simple to use. It's it's your energy is easy. You use it. I, I, it sounds silly. You use it every day. Certainly, you do. You get up and you do <laughs> things, and you're awake right now, and you're you, you're animated by energy. Um, but some of the techniques that are in this book are really simple to use as well. So you don't have to do a full yoga practice, but you get these tools that you um, can use any time during your day. If you get stressed out, you put your hand, I'll just tell you right now, you put your hand to your forehead or you put your two or three fingers in that little hollow at the base of the throat and keep your stress response from going off the hook. Or if you're starting to get sick, you thump in the center of your chest. And some of these, these things are so simple, um, but they're so effective. And you'll find that as you start to use the practices, how powerful they are for how easy they are. You know, I saw a video on your website where you mentioned two of those techniques, the, the one about putting some fingers in the, the, I don't know what you call that little area at the base of your neck. Um, the external notch is called. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. you put, put and, and, and I just tried it, and I thought, wow, you can, you can feel it. I mean, you obviously have a physical sensation, but there's also there's something um, calming about it. And then the, the whole idea of putting your hand on your forehead, and when, when I saw that, that struck me as, that's almost something that we have an innate um, reaction uh, when, you know, we see often, you know, somebody's stressed, they put their hand on their forehead. Um, is that where that comes from? Is that it actually has some kind of calming or healing uh, uh, consequence to doing that? Yes, it absolutely does. And you brought up so many um, great uh, issues with that. So what it does, your, your hands are electromagnetic. In other words, you can, you move energy with your hands and your whole body is electromagnetic. And by putting your hand over your forehead, what you do is you're keeping the blood in the forebrain. 
so when you go into a stress response, what happens is the blood leaves the forebrain, goes into the limbs so that you can fight or you can flee. Um, but we don't generally need to do that when we go into a stress response because we rarely physically fight or run away from something. Most of what we need to do to resolve issues is to think creatively and intelligently. And by putting your hand on your forehead, that's just what you're doing. You're keeping the blood in your forebrain so that you can think creatively and think intelligently. And it absolutely is an innate inherent wisdom of the body that we do that naturally. We do that naturally. We'll put our hand over, we'll pat our chest if, if we're feeling sad or, or shocked about something. There's all of these things that we do that are, that are natural, that are, that are evolutionary because energy medicine was the first medicine that there was. And the reason that we survive to this day is because we had a real a deep connection to how to uh, help ourselves, how to heal ourselves way before there were hospitals or clinics or aspirin or surgeries or any of that. We had to know how to do these things. And so a lot of these techniques are very intuitive and very, um, very natural, and they really evolved from as we evolved. Um, I know the answer to this question, but I want to ask in any way um, and make sure I hear you answer it because we've had some people make comments with other guests that we've had uh, that have offered what we would consider to be alternate uh, healing options. Um, but I'm assuming that you do not recommend anyone use a method like this instead of working with a physician. No, absolutely. And of course, you know, as you said, there's a caveat in the book and, and all of that sort of thing. Um, if you're working with a healthcare provider, the hope is that they will be interested enough in this and they'll look into it with you and see if it's appropriate for you. And, you know, it, it's still within the context of a yoga practice and to some degree self-diagnosis, certainly self-reporting on, on things. And there is a whole section on how to test your energy, which is really fascinating as well, and test if things are good or not good for you. Um, but there's also resources to find um, a practitioner that you can work with one-on-one if things are, if, you've, if you're really dealing with something serious. And then, um, and absolutely, you don't want to do anything that's um, that's going to compromise if you're in a challenging situation. So you definitely want your your doctor, your health provider, to sign off on on whatever alternative things that you're doing. Now, I want to ask about a couple things specifically in the book. Um, there's a chart in here. It's 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 table one in the book. It says five elements body ailments and you reference water wood fire earth metal you've got um, a a whole bunch of things like uh, swollen abdomen uh, abdominal pain and then you have little check boxes um, under things like water wood fire what explain this chart to me because it's quite um, complete yeah so that's the theory that this book is based on it's the five element theory and it's part of chinese medicine as we said earlier 5000 year old healing tradition and um so everything in the universe in this theory falls into one of five elements the seasons the physical um elements of the earth itself your physical body all of your organs all of your emotional you know part pieces and thoughts and um, the stages of your life, your personality. It's a comprehensive system, and it's, it's incredibly powerful. But it's also uh, it's comprehensive and also simple because everything is one of five things. So if you have something wrong going wrong with you right now, a disease pattern or some kind of illness or something, it also is in one of these five elements. And so with these charts, and there's a physical one and an emotional one or a... a, a um, uh, psychic one, uh, and you find what area you are out of balance in. And then you would go to that practice to bring that element into balance, which would then help to resolve the physical or the emotional I- issue that, that, you, that you're, that you're wor- working with right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. So if someone was to pick up the book, um, is it just a start at the beginning and read through, or is there another way that they should manage reading? Because there's a ton of, not just information, but uh, you know, you've, you've got, I think those are pictures of you, actually, um, in certain poses and describing how to do certain techniques. Um, it's very, very complete. So is it a start front to back kind of read, or do you access sections that you think you need? You know, I 
I think it really depends, you know, where you are in your, if you have a yoga practice already and you've got some familiarity with this um, versus if, you, if you've never practiced before, you might be more inclined to sort of start at the beginning and, and go through. There's also an hour worth of embedded video in the book, and so some of the practices that might be a little more difficult to read, you can actually watch me doing the practices. There's a full 30-minute practice. Um, that is the essential kind of daily grooming for your energy, and that's on video as well. But you also can just really flip through the book and see what jumps out at you. I always think that's a really valuable uh, technique to use in in some of these healing guides um, because there is an underlying energy, if you will, right? So they might guide you to something that you need that that you might not have noticed. And just diving into those charts is also really fun. uh, fun. (laughs) That might be uh, (laughs) an interesting way to start, even if you're not suffering or struggling with something right now, to sort of go through and give yourself a a timeline or a time capsule of what has gone on in your life. So what areas, um, what elements have, have you struggled with more? What areas of your life have been more out of balance? And there's a quiz to find out what element you are, sort of, It's not quite like astrology, but it is in that each of us has an element that's our predominant element. And it's, it's, you know, considered the oldest personality system on the planet. And so you can really find out what makes you tick and what makes other people tick. And so there's, you know, there's so many ways to to work with it. I think just having it and, and flipping around in it and just playing with it, some of the practices and, um, and seeing, I really advocate keeping a journal yourself, see what works and, uh, what you like, what you don't like, and um, and then creating, again, the Rx, the prescription for you so that this program works exactly how you need it to. Would this be considered an advanced form of yoga or beginner form of yoga or somewhere in between? You know, the beauty of this work is that you can do it wherever you are in the yoga practice. So, you know, all of these techniques are woven into traditional yoga poses and so if you've never done a yoga pose before and you find one of these poses that you do, that's great. You get to jump right into the energy medicine yoga version. But if you've already been practicing yoga for years, you can weave this in wherever you are, whether you're a beginner, advanced, master, a teacher. You can use these techniques um, because they're really applicable to any kind of yoga. So it's really um, for every level of yoga practitioner. Do, are there props involved? I've heard things about uh, a new, I don't know if it's new or not, but it's new to where I am, um, aerial yoga, uh, where there's some like <laughs> some kind of, um, I don't know, hammock kind of thing involved. Yep. Are there props yep. involved with this? Um, not the hammock, although I've definitely taken some of those classes, and I'm always just doing my own EM yoga thing in a, in a regular yoga class. And doing EM yoga in the hammocks is great because a lot of it is really long holds, and you're just supported by this, you know, beautiful material, and you can kind of, um, it's it's just a lovely experience. But you don't need any props other than you would ordinarily use in a yoga class. And you know, I do yoga a lot outside on just a, a blanket or. A, a sheet or a towel or something, so I don't even use a yoga mat most of the time. Um, but that's all you would need. Any props that you ordinarily use for yoga, a mat, a blanket, a block, uh, some people use a strap. Um, it's really adaptive to you, to your needs. And if you have never practiced yoga before, then you'll just start with us on page one and work through, and, and by the end you'll, you'll have a practice for yourself, and uh, it'll be really beautiful. When people start yoga should they expect to be sore i mean you know obviously there's a good feeling of soreness after you've worked out it's there's a feeling of accomplishment with that plus you know it's doing some good in some fashion should people expect that when they start doing something like this no and sometimes yes so generally no because in the best incarnation of yoga i mean it's not an aerobic workout those kind of yoga practices are not really giving you the energetic transformation that you should be getting in a yoga class. So you're getting a workout, but you're not necessarily getting the the energy um, work that you're looking for. So you shouldn't be sore in that way. Um, but we talked earlier about moving lymph out of the body and working on those neurolymphatic reflex points. And um, those are excruciatingly sore when you massage them because, of course, they're triggering... Uh, detox in the body and the more toxic you are the more painful those points will be 
And then once you start to massage those, and we caution or sort of say, you know, don't do too many at once, you know, just start slowly, um, because you can trigger a, a healing curve and a uh, kind of just feeling nauseous and maybe headachy as you're detoxing the body. And so with any kind of detox practice, you really want to take it slow and you know, drink lots of liquids and take a hot bath with salts. And, but that's really the only place that you're going to feel any soreness. Um, you know, one of the rules of energy in the, in the physical body is nothing in your body should hurt, ever. And I say that to people and they're shocked because everyone has so much pain that they're carrying around. If you have pain in your body, that is not only it's energy that is stuck, that is the definition of pain in the body, but it's also, it's giving you information. And so to just continue on in your life with pain that then becomes chronic pain that then you're dealing with in, simply in a pain management level, um, you, you've gone way farther than what that information is trying to tell you. So nothing, nothing, nothing ever in the physical body should hurt. And if it does, you've got to find out what's going on and resolve that um, again so that the energy can flow, the energy can move, the body can heal. So long answer, no, you shouldn't feel sore after an EM yoga class. <laughs> I feel sore when I walk up a flight of steps anymore. Um, <laughs> well, then you need to start doing EM yoga with us right away. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, I know you've got some events and stuff coming up too. What's happening in your future here? So coming right up, actually, um, my teacher, Donna Eden, and I did a produced a course with Yoga Journal, and that'll be released um, within the next month or so, and you can find out about that on the website. We'll have a landing page for that. And then I've got a couple of teacher trainings coming up. If you study yoga uh, deeply and you want to take an immersion or you're a yoga teacher and you want to learn how to teach this, I've got a couple of those coming up. And two really beautiful retreats this summer, one on the East Coast in New York at the Omega Institute in June and a week long in Montana, actually, at the Feathered Pipe Ranch in August. So lots of fun stuff on the agenda. And um, where can people get a hold of this book that we've been talking about all night? I always encourage you to go to your local bookseller and ask them to carry it, and certainly any place that you order books online. I like to order from Powell's. You can go right to the publisher, soundstrue.com. Um, but anywhere you order books, um, you can get this. It's all over the place. And, um, and don't forget to check out the videos in there because you start reading and you get carried away, but then you've got videos that are really, really um, helpful. Lauren, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Um, we appreciate the conversation, the information, and the knowledge. It was a great conversation. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. I, th- I appreciate it as well. All right. Once again, the website is emyoga.net. You can check that out and get a whole bunch inf- of information about the book and Lauren's other work. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.